0: If you are like me, and know that free enterprise is the greatest opportunity in the world. But you also see there are huge issues starting to arise, like why is mentorship decreasing in popularity? Why do entrepreneurs like us who love to succeed see people fail at the top and never leave true significance? And how do people like us make a lasting impact on the world? And is it possible for enough entrepreneurial leaders together to make a real difference? These are the blaring questions, and this podcast is the answer journey with me your host Christian together we will challenge the status quo and conquer our legacies Thank you so much for joining with The Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. My name is Christian D. Evans, your host. And guys, we have someone very, very incredible on. And we're just so excited because in today's world, you hear a lot about women. And don't get me wrong, that is incredible. But also, we really want to focus on the men as well, building them up and building the women up right alongside. So obviously changing the world together. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited to be having this guy on. And I just want to share with you a little bit about his background, okay? Uh, This man, is the founder of the Purpose-Infused Brotherhood, which helps driven men become the best version of themselves by building, battling, and bonding together, getting men initiated into a family where they belong. He was 35 years old and living by what the world and everyone else told him, and he should be. He was the responsible man, yet he was filled with worry, anxiety, anger, stress, stress, negativity, shame, fear, and the list went on. Then, the crap hit the fan with a full-blown anxiety and panic attack over a TV show, guys. This is when he decided to bring death to the old self, and out of those ashes, gave birth to the new purpose-infused man. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Clay Smelter. Man, how you doing, bud? Uh,
1: I'm great, man. Thank you for having me on here, Christian. I, I super appreciate it and just being on how the chat. But man, listen to that. I was like, wow, like so I'm. I wrote that. I see it. I read it myself, but that's the first time I actually heard it. That's awesome. Able to expand the world to where we really need to go.
0: That's awesome, man. That's incredible. And obviously what I'd like to dive into a little bit, obviously the impact that you've been able to help so far in men, uh, uh, just tell me a little bit of kind of your background story, kind of where you're going and what that future looks like for you, bud.
1: Uh, And you shared a little bit of my story there at 35 years old on my couch. Uh, I was watching a game of Thrones episode. Uh, my wife was sleeping. I don't know how she was sleeping through game of Thrones. Um, but the, the, uh, it's an infamous scene. It's the whole door scene. Uh, and in that, I don't know if you ever watched that show or not, but, um, that really, I felt like the person who was trapped inside of that tree. Uh, it was like a little pixie lady in there just trapped surrounded by all these ice zombies. And uh, I felt like that inside. Um, and from there, that's when I had a panic attack. Um, I'm sweating, I'm doing all these things. My wife is sitting next to me and I'm thinking about myself going, if I can't take care of myself, how am I going to take care of my family? As i I'm also a school teacher as well. So in, in teaching uh you know i was overwhelmed i was overworked i was overstressed i was feeling like i had all of this stuff to do in education and that's a that's a that's a whole nother beast in on itself uh and then coming home and having you know the house the work the cars the finances the all of that stuff feeling like i've never got time for myself feel like i never had enough time for my family uh feeling like i was always just in that rat race and for me that was that tipping point of that point that was like the crap hit the fan was like something has to change. And uh, in that, I knew it took me two weeks to say something. I didn't tell my wife. I just let her sleep. I kind of did my thing, kind of faded out of that anxiety, panic attack mode. Um, But I kept silent for two weeks until I actually spoke out. When I started to speak out, that's when things actually changed. And I was open enough to actually change myself uh, and actually deal with the things I didn't want to deal with, which was anxiety, fear, shame, um, all that kind of all that kind of stuff that goes on. So from there, that's where the birth of the purpose infused brotherhood kind of came because I just don't I don't honestly, I don't want any man to feel like I did. I mean, it was just it was living like I was living inside of my own hell inside my own head, and I just don't want any guy to feel like that. So if I can give some tools, tactics, tips, things like that, to allow men to be able to deal with the things that they don't really want to deal with, to be able to burn that old self down to all the things that we don't want to deal with or, or the shame or those regrets or all any, any of that stuff. I can help them overcome those things prior to doing that or that work-life balance that just seems to throw us all over the place. If I can help men do that before they get to the space where I got to, man, that's, that, is, that is absolutely what I'm here to do. So that's where the brotherhood came from because one of the things that I did to get out of that cycle and out of that spin and out of that negative, negative thoughts about myself is I got together with other men. You know, I started listening to other men who who went through, I tried to find people who went through what I went through. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to people like Les Brown, Eric Thomas. Um, I listened to uh, a, a whole bunch of other people. I started to read books for the first time. And I'm like, oh, wow, actually, I actually can get better. You know, so I started to learn about myself. And when I learned about myself, I realized that I wanted to be around other guys. So I started to, just develop a group of guys that we could share. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, way, you're going through that too. Like, or you went through that. I'm not the only one in this picture that goes through this in this world that goes through this. And, and that's where things started to change. That's where the purpose infused brotherhood came from. Uh, it kind of gave birth out of that. But uh, where we're going is we're going over uh, by April. We're looking to be over hundred men. And then also onto a couple hundred thousand uh, in the future. I would have packed 100,000 men, uh, live purpose infused lives that take their in, uh, take their energy, what they're good at, who they are, why they do what they do, and impact their communities. I um, I love the phrase "blossom where you're planted." I just want to help men do that all around a, all around the world.
0: That is awesome, I and mean, just unleash that potential, which is yeah. just incredible. Now, let me ask you: When you were on that couch, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you were going through that struggle, okay? Yeah. Uh, did someone come alongside of you? And help you and pull their hand in in the dirt and the filth and pull you out, or was that just yourself? And like you said, yeah. and those other kind of uh, third party mentors, if you will, that you didn't mm-hmm. know you, but you listened. You right. know, obviously, like yeah. you said, some of those those individuals. So, what did that look like?
1: That that looked at when I when I was on the couch, and but prior before that, I my ego got in the way. Listen, we're guys like our ego gets in the way all the time. My ego yeah. was totally in the way. I was the tough guy thinking I can handle this all by myself, but the problem is, is I couldn't you know, I needed other people along men, women, all of all the people I need my wife along. So I need my kids. Um, So I needed them to be able to come along. It wasn't that they pulled me out because I had to do the work. But they gave me ideas, thoughts, and they made me think differently. So it was the panic attack that initiated me going something has to change. It was me finally opening up to my wife and saying, Hey, I have like, I have anxiety, it's been for two weeks. Every single day, there's the weirdest stuff going on in my head. I don't know what to do about it. I just want it to stop. I'm not here. I know I don't want to hurt myself, but I don't, I just want it to stop and I don't know how. And she's like, I'm here for you. And I don't know what to do, help either, but I'm here for you. And I'm like, No, wait, hold on a sec. You don't think less of me as a man, as a husband, as a father? You don't like, she's like, No, why would I? And I'm like, Oh man, I should have said this a long time ago. Like, I've been, I've been, but what happens is I was mirroring. Onto her, what I thought about myself. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the biggest things to say, wow. As soon as I talked and I shared, and I realized like that mirror, that, that negativity was only my own thoughts about myself, nobody else's. That's when I was actually willing enough to be aware of other people. That's where Eric Thomas, Les Brown, I love John Maxwell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Um, Jocko Willings writes a great book, um, Extreme Ownership. Like, I love those things. And that's where I started to dive into that because I wanted to take ownership of my life because being trapped in that space where I was, I didn't have ownership of my life, my thoughts, everything else around me did. I wasn't in control of my life.
0: Now, let me ask you this because I I've, I've, talked to a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and specifically men, they tend to be more risk takers. Yep. Uh, but with that, there's, there's sometimes you, you take so many risks that after a while, your spouse gets a little frustrated with you, right? Yeah. You've got a <laughs> failure after failure, you spent this and you spent this. And so let me ask you this, you know, when you were in that detrimental time, right? Mm-hmm. And I would imagine you probably have had previous fail- failures yes. before that, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, With your wife, were you just fortunate having a really good wife that always supported you? Or was that having a conversation? It's like, hey, I need you to support me in this during this process and during this time. For for those men that are listening Mm -hmm. that may or may not have that that situation uh, as that spouse.
1: I I believe with – I'm divorced twice. So I've had situations where one of my divorces did occur because I put way too much in. Well, part of it was I put way too much into that business aspect, and I forgot about everything else. Now, I was doing it for good reasons, to build a, fam- to build a family, to create financial you know, stability, things like that. But the, the problem was is I, I focused way on this, and I totally forgot about other people um, that were in my life. So that can happen. So um, for me, this time is where I had to be honest and had to say, hey, listen, this is a passion of mine. This is what I feel. Here's why I want to do it. Here's, here's who I want to help. Here's where I want to go. And being able to be open and honest about those different things, my wife is able to support me. Now, there are things that go along, hey, you're spending too much time here, too much time here, but those are conversations along the way that she also, she has to be open enough to have the conversation with you, but you also have to be open enough to have the conversation with her. And that's where some of that dialogue comes in. It's all about communication. And that dialogue that comes in between your, your spouse and yourself is saying, hey, here's what my dreams are. Here's what my hopes are. Here's what we want to do this for. Um and that way it doesn't interfere, but there can be what we call that. I, I talk about work life balance. I don't like the word balance, though. We, we got to have that transition. So, from my work as a, as a teacher here, I transitioned to home to make sure that now I'm with my wife. So, I'm focused on my wife at 100%. Now, when I came down to my office, and now where I'm here, I'm 100% with, with you and your audience. Now, when I go from here, I'm going to transition from here. I'm going to reset my mindset, my energy, my presence. And as I go upstairs to, to, to home, my kids are up there, my wife's up there, now I'm going to transition into that. So I had to get really good at not just, just being here or being here or just solely focused on this. I had to get really good at transitioning from one area of my life to the other because that balance, I'm a math teacher. So balance means it has to always stay even. But the problem with that is to be even, there has to be stagnation. And I don't like that word stagnant because Mm. I'm a doer. I've been an an athlete my whole life. I'm a doer. I'm a go, I'm a go getter. Uh, That's where, that's where I, that's where I want to go. So that just doesn't play into my, to, to my mentality.
0: Which is awesome. So, I mean, really what it comes down to what you're saying is you're being intentional with your, uh, and be, being very present during that time. And I Correct. think, uh, I, I honestly, just to share with you, I, I struggle with that. I know that when I'm, you know, definitely at the beginning, I remember when I was, you know, in, in business and I would be at the office, I might feel guilty for not being at home. Yeah. And then when I'm at home, I feel guilty for not being <laughs> at the office. And uh, obviously I was able to overcome that. But what I found so interesting is that, you know, a lot of men and, and a lot of women mm-hmm. as well struggle with that. Uh, but I'm just in, intrigued to see, at what point did you realize that not only did the, the, the transition, but you had to be intentional with that transition? And you have to, you know, it sounds like to me, you literally sometimes have to breathe and say, okay, Clay, oh, yeah. I'm with my wife. Clay, I'm, I'm I'm at business, right? So I'm just curious, what, what does that look like for you? And, and how long did that take you to establish that?
1: Well, I, I want to actually go back on the guilt thing. Because one of the strategies that I use utilize in the top seven strategies to get out of the work-life balance is get rid of the guilt. Because lots of mm. times, especially – I'm a go, you're a go-getter. I'm a go-getter. I know many of your, your, your people listening and your audience are go-getters. They're like, Hey, let's work. I'm, I'm cool with grinding it out. I'm cool with working hard. I was the first guy on the field, last guy off. That's why I, I was able to play at a high level. But what, what happens is we, we, like you said, I felt guilty when I was at work that I wasn't at home, but I felt guilty at home when I wasn't at work. But Lots of times what we say, think about as men, especially because we're provider protectors, is that that guilt, like other people are suffering because we are focused on this other area, just like um, a lot of times, especially um, women, women and men, when we want to go to the gym, well, my kids are at home, I don't want to take time because I feel guilty that I'm going to go to the gym and work on myself, and my Mm -hmm. kids are at home for, for like an hour, well, I always heard from guys that I was in business with before. I always heard them say, um, you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And I'm like, when I I was younger, I was in my late 20s. I'm like, I don't even get what you're saying. I'm like, that's cool. Great. Awesome. High five. You know, let's go to the next thing. And uh, until I actually started practicing it in that transitional phase is looking at, man, I had to put myself first in order to be better for everybody around me. And when I take care of me first, and when you take care of you first and you get this right, and I've worked on the five foundations: body, mind, bonds, bills, and spirit. When I get those areas right, I'm centered, I can pivot, I can move, I can do what I need to do, which allows me to be able to transition from one aspect of my life to the other in a faster amount of time. I was I was really bad at it at first, but it takes practice. I mean, I have a 40 minute drive from, from my school to home. And I was still bad. I had 40 minutes to collect myself and I'm, I got home yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm still raging over something that happened at school or set me off or whatever, or like just trying to calm down. But I had to practice transitioning my energy, transitioning my thoughts, transitioning my, my presence to what the next aspect needed of me. And I had to realize what is that? You said a key word, intention, One of the biggest things, and another strategy that I teach is is having a routine to set intention, or, or sorry, having a routine for your mind. So I always teach people, have a morning routine, have an evening routine. But the morning routine, here's what it does. It allows you to set intention for your day, whether it's meditation, journaling, prayer, whatever you do, whatever you connect with. But it allows you to set intention for the rest of your day so I can go through my day. And say, hey, here's where I'm going. Here's how I live. Here's how, what I do. Here's how, what's going to happen. You know, a lot of two, I, you know, say, hey, do the big three. Here's my big three Three I got to accomplish. At the end of the day, I say, do all, an evening routine as well. And what that does is it allows you to assess, reflect, and adjust. Because at the end of the day, we all want to know, hey, did I leave it all on the field? And that's, that's what, probably one of the biggest things my dad taught me as a coach as well. He was my high, in high school football. In baseball, he, he always he stood us along the line and he said, Boys, he looked at us and he, he my dad had big handlebars and he just looked mad all the time. He, he wasn't, that. but he just looked mad all the time. he looked look at you with the brows and he's like, Boys, if you're not gonna walk across if you're gonna walk across that line, you better be willing to leave it all in the field or don't walk across my line. And I'm hey, like, hey, hey. Okay. So I love that. Once I went through my stuff, I'm like, you know what? I used to wake up and roll out of bed annoyed. Just because it's early, I don't like getting up early. I was doing this. I was thinking about all the bad stuff that was going through my day. And now I changed my tune. Once I went through mm-hmm. my stuff and I started digging it into myself, I set intention. When my foot hits the ground, that's my line. So every single morning, before I roll out of bed, I wake up and I'm like, I woke up. Today's a good day. Let's go get mm-hmm. it. And when my foot hits the, lot, uh, hits the ground, that's me walking across the line. And my intention is to leave it on the field. So when I do my evening routine, I look back, assess, reflect, and adjust. Did I leave it all in the field? And I can lay my head down at night and go, yes. And because honestly, if I don't, I might have regrets and I don't want that, but I might not wake up tomorrow. And if I didn't, I'm going to make sure that my last day here on earth, I left it all in the field. And that's something I think is very important.
0: That's incredible. And let me ask you this as well, because obviously I love what you just said self-reflect and adjust. Yes. You know, everybody has, you know, in, in their mindset what success looks like. And, and one of the things I've learned is you got to identify what winning is, right? Yep. Um, because if you don't identify what winning is for you, then you know you're, you're never going to achieve that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to measure that of so of course. So let me ask you this for you on a day to day basis to be able to say, okay, you know what? I left it all on the court, right? I left it all on the on the field. Okay. What does winning look like for you on a day-to-day basis? It says hey, you know what? Some because some some days yeah. crap hits the fan. Some days <laughs> oh, yeah. it doesn't, right? But at the end of the day, all you can do is all you can do. So, right. so I'd love to get, kind of dive into that a little bit and what what that winning on a day-to-day basis looks like for you.
1: Absolutely. For me it's it's all about purpose. You know, we're we're it's a purpose-infused brotherhood. And the purpose infused is because when I leave it on a field to me and I let I lived with my purpose today. And if I don't, that's my choice. If I do, that's also my choice. So in that meeting, one of the other, I do some one-on-one work as well. And I really focus on what is your purpose in the the Purpose Revealer Program. And what that does is it zones it down to exactly who you are. So for me, my purpose is to own myself, is to love my story, and is to live with purpose every single day and help other people do that. That's also the whole design of the brotherhood, because that's what we help we do. We build battle and bond together, but we build foundations of strength in ourselves and others and others. We battle through life struggles to be the best version of ourselves every single day. And we bond together as a family and lift each other up through ownership and accountability. That mm-hmm. What's that help people do? It helps them own themselves, love their story, and live with purpose. If I do those three things and I operate solely on those three things, then I've lived with purpose. Just like here, like coming coming on here, does it help me own myself, love my story, live with purpose, and help other people do that too? Yes, that's why I'm here. If it doesn't hit one of those three things, I don't do it. So my, my intention for the day is very clear. My intention for every moment is very clear on here. I do that. I'll go up. We we'll dinner together. That's one of the things that our family is all about. We, we eat dinner together. That's where we talk, no phones, put them away. We eat dinner together. That's a, that's a, that's our boundary. We set it and we keep it. And um, you know, for that, like I'm going to go up and have conversations that help not only me, but my wife my kids own themselves love their story and live with purpose and if i've done that throughout my day and all my interactions i've left it on the field if i haven't done that i didn't leave it on the field so that's that's my gauge on on whether or not at the end of the day i can lay my head down and be like yeah i gave it and you're right stuff comes up so mm-hmm. what strategies do you have in place in order to be able to take care of some of those things what boundaries do you have set what mm-hmm. what what do, how do you view how, what's your viewpoint on you know, looking at how present am I, am I, because your kids really, it's not about quantity of time. It's about quality of time. You know, are you present? Are you present with your spouse? You know, what do they need at that moment in time with what they need? They just need you to listen. We're fixers. You know, that's the biggest thing I learned in relationships and stop trying to fix everything, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just listen. Well, let me
0: ask you, you know, let me ask you because that kind of segues into kind of what we're talking about as Mm -hmm. well as like relationships, because see, what I always find interesting is let me ask you this clay. So the average individual that comes to you, okay, mm-hmm. uh, they obviously do very well. They're very successful individuals. Yes. But what do they struggle with the most? Is it the relationship with their business and spending too much time with the business? Or is it the, the lack of relationships with with you know their, their family, their spouse? Their, you know, what, what is their area that, they, that you find that they tend to need work on the most? And like you said, creating those boundaries, creating right. that intention, creating that discipline, creating that purpose. Uh, I'd love to dive into that a little bit and, yeah. and what you found so far dealing with hundreds upon hundreds of men.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The driven man is always good with work. We'll go work. (laughs) We'll go work our butts off. We're always good with that. But the problem that comes in is we dive so much into that and we put so much into that. We feel like there's two areas. We feel like we're missing out with our families and our spouses, and we feel like we're missing out with ourselves. And what I found out is over over the last two years of building the brotherhood is we found out that the biggest one that is the most detrimental to how you feel and and the way your life is going to where you want it to from the expectation of where your life is, to where the reality is, the biggest detriment is the one that we don't have enough time. We don't put in enough time for ourselves. And the reason why, just like I said, I was giving myself to everybody else, to my wife, to my kids, to my students, to my boss, to, to the community, to here, to here, I was giving everything to everybody else and I was giving nothing to myself. And I wasn't taking the time for me. And, and that's one of the biggest things, again, it's like the oxygen mask on, uh, I'm sure you've heard that in your, your listeners, but if you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself, like you're not helping anybody else out because you're okay. not there, you know, and, and one of the things that I always talk about too is, is think, about, think about you as a cup. What we do is in our cup, we put things in our cup and then we allow people to drink out of our cup. Well, I was allowing everybody to drink out of my cup and my cup kept depleting, What I found out is getting to listen to guys, you know, like Eric Thomas, uh, you know, um, Les Brown, all those guys, Tony Robbins, all these guys, John Maxwell, uh, Jocko, uh, listening to all these guys, what I found out is that I could actually overflow my cup. And if I overflow my cup, people don't get, people don't get to put stuff in my cup and people don't get to take out of my cup. That's only me. And what I get to do is that overflow, they get to take, they get to drink from my overflow. And all I have to do is make sure that every single day I'm overflowing my cup overflow in my cup. You can drink, you can drink as much as out of out of my overflow as you want. It'll still mm-hmm. overflow. I just got to focus on that. And I think that's one of the things that we're so willing to give to say, Hey, when I give, I find happiness, which is somewhat true, but when we don't give to ourselves, we hurt ourselves the most. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Wow. And, and I've seen so many people that have that, it's almost an unconscious thing where it's yes. a self-sabotage, if you will, oh, you absolutely. don't even realize. And then obviously you're doing it over and over. And that's where, you know, someone like, you know, like yourself, Clay, that can come in and say, Hey, you know, you, you need to redirect this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this as well. So, uh, you know, cause I, I, I know my audience uh, very well and I know some people, some guys are like, Oh, this is just mushy, gushy, whatever, yeah. you know, next <laughs> but there's also some that say, Hey, you know what I, I, you yeah. know, they humble themselves. So let me ask yeah. you this. The the individuals that come to you, mm-hmm. okay, what kind of characteristics do they have that get the most out of it? Where you're like, okay, you know what? They're humble, they're ambitious. What well, like what yeah. what characteristics do they have that says, hey, you know what? I want to embrace the uncomfort because this yeah. you know this is uncomfortable for for men specifically oh, yeah. uh, to to be able to embrace it and to grow uh, to to what you've been able to do with with many many men.
1: Uh, to me, they're honest, they're straightforward, they're driven. And they have a willingness to be vulnerable. I say willingness to be vulnerable. And that's that's the biggest thing. I, like, I laughed when you said about the guys who think this is frou-frou because that was me. Like, I literally was. Like, meditation, yeah. hey, let's go hug a tree and be like, woo, yay! You know, like, all that kind of stuff. That was me. But the problem is, is once I did it, I'm like, wow. Like, okay. Like, I've kind of stuck my foot in my mouth there. You know, talking about your feelings. Like, who does that? Like, that, that's not a tough guy. That makes me less than a man. But I realized that when I didn't deal with my feelings, I flipped out over a TV show. Mm. Like, that's not, wow. that's, not, that's not being strong. Me trying to never show my kids vulnerability, to never show my kids weakness, to never show my wife weakness, to never show myself weakness or the world isn't strength. It's actually insecurity, which is weakness. Mm. But me, for me to go dive into my shadow about fear, about pain, about past hurts, about uh, anxiety that was running my life, about shame that I felt about not being worthy as a man, husband, and father, or not being able to ask the two best, the greatest questions of a man. Am I good enough? And do I have what it takes? And those were no and no. Like, I don't want to talk about I don't want to show anybody that. I was, I was deemed as... Mr. Positivity. But inside, I was Mr. Negativity. I was Mr. Drowning in my own feeling in my own emotions I couldn't handle. And so I, I, I was fake. I showed everybody else the, the person I wanted them to see, but I didn't show them the real me. And mm-hmm. that's where I now understand that a sign of strength is to deal with the stuff I don't want to deal with, to go to the emotions that I don't like to handle those, to look at those and say, hey, they're a part of me. I own all of it. Whereas before, I tried to kick all these emotions out. I tried to kick fear, tried to kick all these things out, but they're a part of me. It happens. Mm-hmm. And I own and embrace that now. I don't, I don't shove them away. I don't try to, because the harder I tried to kick them out, the more they fall back. So I, don't, I, I own them, but I utilize them in a way that allows me to be successful, to be a high achiever, to be able to help other men do the exact same thing. Because a lot of guys that are in that space that are like, oh, that's fruit that's frou stuff. Ah, ah, ah. You, okay, go to the mirror, look at yourself dead in the eyes and go, I love you and mean it and believe it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you won't be able to. Why? I couldn't. Because I'm the only person in the world that knows that true answer. I can now, but then I wasn't going to say it to myself. Why? Because I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. So it was me putting on a facade of the tough guy Instead of actually dealing with the things that I needed to deal with, and it eventually blew up.
0: So, with with your, some of your clients, do they do some of them are just so beat down that they come in and, and they they embrace that very quickly, or do some of your clients they, they still have this this facade and you have to kind of break it open, if you will, and and pull back everything yeah. to be able to really you know dial it in and asking those tough questions. Yeah. Um, because you know each person's at a different part of their Correct. life. Yeah. Uh, but also some people, they do know that, hey, something has to change, Yes. and it's not financial. It's not this. It's it's internal, right? It's in yeah. um, and so I'd love to get your response on kind of what that looks like in, in mm-hmm. different personalities, if you will.
1: Most of the guys don't come in as broken guys. They come in as high-achieving guys. But they also know just – it's exactly what you just said. They also know that something in internal isn't – I'm not center. Something's off. Like I know mm-hmm. – Here's where I'm at. I'm achieving. I'm a high achiever. I can do. I'm good. I'm good. Ready to go. Like uh, one of our, one of our guys is, is one of the, like the highest technicians in the world in, in his space. Like, but he's like, listen, man, I got to grow every single day. I know like, here's where I'm achieving in my job, but my, my, here's things that are going else in my life. And I feel like I'm just running, like I'm running hard. But I want to be center. I want to, I want to feel peace. I want to feel more happiness. I want to feel more energy. I want to feel like I'm not so stressed out about this here and this here and everything going on. And how can I do that? And being able to have the conversations that we have and being able to go through some of the things that we do in our brotherhood um, has been able to like, he's, it, like, the transition from him a year ago till now is incredible. Yeah. I mean, he literally has, he was running a, a, a it was like a $2 billion job like, I'm like, I don't know why, how you're not stressed out to me. He's like, man, it's, it's good. Like, yes. Is it stressful? Yes. Is my home life at right to, at this point stressful? Yes. But here's what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to use, and, and we read a book called The Four Agreements, and I forget the author, um, but he's like, I use The Four Agreements. And I'm like, awesome. But he learned that here. He was able to take that, apply it, but he's also taught his, both of his kids. He's also taught his wife that, he, mm-hmm. you know, the people that he surrounds, it's, it's incredible When you get with a group of men, the information that you learn and you see, and then what it does is like, I don't hold, like, we help each other hold ourselves accountable. And that's one of the biggest things too, because I'm not here to tell anybody who they are. I'm not here to tell anybody like, this is the way you have to do it. You have to, no, 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 man. You are your own, you, you are your Mm -hmm. own being, you go kick butt how you do, but let's have a conversation Let's have some different viewpoints. Let's get some different perspectives because those different things occurring gives you an opportunity to assess, reflect, and adjust on whether what you're doing is working for you, whether it's not, what can be better, and then make those adjustments that you need for your own life and the success Mm -hmm. that you want out of life. Not what I want, but what you want.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so what I'm, I'm I'm intrigued with what you just said is like you know self-reflect, right? Self-analyzing. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest thing is you the more you understand yourself, right? Not someone else. You don't do right. someone else's morning routine. You do your morning routine. Correct. What what works for you? What 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 rejuvenates you, right? And so. You know, when you're in that space, right? I don't know when you do it. You know, some people do it on Sundays and whatever. But when you're in that uh, space, Clay, of, of, you know, self-reflecting and yeah. getting the best, what questions do you ask yourself to optimize that and ask the tough questions to be able yeah. to say, hey, you know, I've got to really reflect on this. Yeah. Uh, what does that look like for you?
1: Uh, I always use, uh, again, assess, reflect. I call it the ARA sequence. Um, assess. Did it work? Did it not work? Like so, t- Like today, I'll go at the end. Of, I do it every day, every morning, every night. So before I go to bed, I have my evening routine, brush my teeth, stuff like that. And I just kind of sit down. My meditation is more of a, a visualization. Uh, it's some of the practices I used in sports uh, as well. So I do more of a visualization. Um, so I'll visualize my day and kind of do a synopsis of my day. What worked? Did it work? Did it not work? Did I leave it all in the field? Did I not leave it all in the field? Did I achieve the things I wanted to achieve today or not? Then the, the reflection is, what, why did it work? Why did it not work? And then the assess or uh, the uh, adjustment is then in the end, I can look at for tomorrow. It's like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to, I wasn't, I wasn't really present with my kids tonight. You know, I, I came home, I was busy with this. I had some more work stuff because, you know, I teach and then I also run the brotherhood. So like, man, I just, I had some other things I had to get done tomorrow. I'm setting a boundary of saying, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm not doing any work tomorrow. I'm just staying with my kids tonight. You know, and putting mm-hmm. that off, so I can make those adjustments. But that I've been able to do that over the past two years for myself, where I can do that very quickly. But it's a tr- it's a process that you have to go through. But I also use the AR sequence and everything. Like I, so I use it throughout my day. The big mm-hmm. time is just at the end of the day where I look at my full day. But like mm-hmm. today at work with the with um lessons I was doing today with some of the kids and stuff like that. I just said after class is done, assess, reflect, adjust. Okay, here, I'll write a little note, something like that. Like, hey, I got to adjust here. Yeah. Um, I got to adjust there. But for me, it's it's an ongoing process, the ARA sequence. But also, I take that big time at the be- end of the day. And I take that big time at the morning just to set intention, and then to mm-hmm. assess, reflect, and adjust at the end of the day. So tomorrow, when I wake up, I get another day to go after it. And I can make that count.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like so stupid because I do it on Sundays, but I never thought doing it on day-to-day yeah. basis. And the reason why is because, you know, Sundays work, I'm, I'm free, whatever, but on a day-to-day basis, it really allows you to stop yeah. and think about intentionally because sometimes by the time you get to a Sunday, you forgot what you did on Monday <laughs> and Tuesday. Forgot. Right. Yeah. And, and so the thing is, is I'm realizing, well, shoot, that's something I need to implement specifically yeah. that, Hey, you know what, on a day-to-day and then like you just said, don't just say, okay, cool, wonderful implement, have a game plan, yeah. a plan of action for tomorrow and say okay how how am i going to fix this right because then it's that one to two three percent you know fix Mm -hmm. uh just i think that was a brilliant idea i loved it just the the intentionality of it now let me ask you do you do you journal or do you record or do you videotape yourself just kind of as as a document or or do you just have like an excel spreadsheet that says hey this is what you know my analysis of today was or or do you keep it relatively simple and just do it mentally
1: I, I call it, uh, I call it chaotic organized. That's what I call myself. <laughs> so I kind of have it all over the place. It's definitely not in a spreadsheet. I have a whole bunch of other stuff in spreadsheets. Um, a yeah. lot of the market research and stuff that I do to help people out. I really, I really narrow that down. But for my own self, there's two different styles that I kind of really like to do. Uh, one is like, I'm an outline person. So I have like a very logical brain that, that kind of centers things down. So I'll outline stuff, not like the ABC order, but I'll, I'll put bullets down, bullets down. So I'll outline things that that kind of occur in my journal. I always, this this journal goes with me everywhere and I have a ton back there. Um, so I always keep that with me. So thoughts, things like that. Um, if I'm out and I don't have a chance to write, I will journal in my phone. So I have that notes section in my phone. I'll type in stuff there real quick, uh, things like that. Um, so I'll do the outline journal of like, hey, here's what I need to do here. Here's what I need to do here. Um, and then what I'll also do is I love to free write. So I'll just get on there and any I'll get in my journal and anything that comes in my brain, it just goes on the paper. And what it allows me to do is it allows me to expel everything. So I kind of have a fresh start. I'm, in, I'm in like an ADD, ADHD guy. And like I can squirrel out on a whole bunch of other stuff. And But what that allows me to do is decompress and put everything out. And then what I can do is I can come back to assess, reflect and adjust and look at what what's in there. That is usable right now, currently for me. Um, what isn't usable currently for me, and then what can I u- utilize in there to make those adjustments to where I actually where I want to go uh, in, in life with in all areas—body, mind, bonds, bills, family—you know—and uh, spirit
0: definitely man i love that i love that because see one of the things i've i've discovered about myself is like the the, the more complicated it becomes uh, that task the less likely you're going to do it right oh, yeah. and sometimes that's just procrastination whatever but the and that's again coming down to understanding your own personality because yeah. if you understand your personality hey if you journal fantastic i do video and that's just how i do it and mm-hmm. that's why i was just curious how you did as well yeah. and that that made that, that made total sense just make it accessible made it easy note phone boom that's it and then you move on with your day you don't have to really think about it too right. much yeah. it's just So second nature, uh, which is awesome. So now let's kind of dive into uh, kind of a personal question, if you don't mind Mm -hmm. me asking, because, you know, I think I'm an open. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Good deal. So obviously, I know a lot of men and definitely in the business world, uh, they they do have, uh, you know, uh, previous divorces. Right. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you this, because, see, When, when you're, when you go through divorce, some men, they they walk away and I've seen people that have, you know, net worth of a million, they had a million dollar home, everything like that. Then all of a sudden they hit that divorce and they're still like, then all of a sudden they go to food stamps almost like it's just total, total drastic situation. And what I find when when I'm talking to them is is they, they be, like you said earlier, they become shameful. They become failure. Right. And it's not this second thing like, oh, that was a failure. It was, I am a failure. Right. And so let me ask you. How do you, you know, obviously someone that's broken and, and so forth, right? In, in that situation, they are high achievers. They have that capability. Yep. Uh, how do you help them get out of that rut? Uh, or even maybe even just business, maybe they're, you know, stuck at twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month and they're just self-sabotaging. They're just not able to yeah. bust through that for whatever reason. Because uh, that's kind of the same, very similar si- situation. Yeah. So how do you help them kind of really, you know, push through, if you will?
1: Correct. Uh, to me, it's all about ownership. Uh, loving your story and, and then living with purpose. And that's what you got to kind of do. And, and for me, when I say that, when I look at the situation I was in, I didn't want to take ownership of the fact that me putting myself into business so much was a portion of why my, my marriage ended. I didn't want to take ownership of that mm-hmm. because that meant I did something wrong. I always thought I was bad. So, so like my first divorce, Was I was kind of blindsided. I didn't know it was happening. So on on a a Wednesday night, I got told 14 words and I'm like, awesome. Like, it's great. Like, where did this come from? Like, and so that in that process afterwards, there also wasn't a fight from the other side to keep the relationship. So what that made me feel like, and I could have said all this other stuff, but this is the honest truth. I didn't say, I didn't say what I'm going to say now, then. I made a lot of excuses. I blamed, I did this. I said it It was everybody else's fault besides I didn't take ownership. But what I realized is that the way, the reason, the the way I felt was I felt worthless as a man, as a husband, as a father. If somebody wasn't willing to fight enough for me, what did that mean that I was like, and that's Mm -hmm. where it's like, and, and a lot of guys feel that way. We won't say it, But you feel that way. There's probably guys that are listening here that like, if you look back at your first, like your your divorce, we're high achievers. But that person wasn't willing to fight for what we had because you, as a man, when we give our heart, we give all of it. And then for somebody to come along and not fight like you're willing to fight. Because for me, I I was out driving. I mean, I live in Pennsylvania. So from York, Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh is three and a half hours. I would work. At school, I would teach at school. I would get off school. I would drive out to Pittsburgh on like a a Tuesday, Wednesday evening. I was doing this twice a week to do business out in Pittsburgh, drive all the way back, get home late, go to sleep, wake up, do it. I was doing it and I put all that time, effort, hard work to provide our family in the future what I believed was necessary for financial freedom. For So that we could do the things that we wanted. We had control of our time. We had control of our finances. We had control of our lives. That's what I was doing it for. So I was sacrificing a lot. The problem is, is that's all I sacrificed. And I didn't realize what was going. So I felt that worthlessness as, because somebody didn't want to fight for, so me, I'm willing to fight that much for you, but you're not willing to fight for me. So what's wrong with me? And that's where the shame came in. My second marriage was actually, Um, because at some point in time, at the beginning of that marriage, she validated me as a man, husband, and father. But the problem is, is nobody else can validate you, especially a woman. And a a man cannot do this for a woman, and a woman cannot do this for a man. Nobody can validate you, but you. That's what I learned from that marriage. But I was looking for somebody else to tell me who I was, to answer the Mm -hmm. questions, are you good enough as a man? And do you have what it takes as a man? Are you good enough as a husband and do you have what it takes as a husband? Are you good enough as a father and do you have what it takes as a father? I was looking for somebody else to answer those questions for me instead of myself. Wow. And so for me, once that ended, then I was like, nobody validates me but me. And like my, my wife now, like the coolest thing about this relationship that's way different, which is why I have the support is that there's no other reason. Like she doesn't need me and I don't need her. We just love being together. And that's mm-hmm. the coolest thing that I have learned throughout two failed marriages. Well, not failed. Cause it can't say failed Cause I learned it. that. That's what made me yeah. me. you know yeah. what I mean? Like I can't, it, there wasn't a failure that was, it sucked, but those hardest times in my life were the best were the best moments for, of growth for me. It stretched me the most. It put me in the uncomfortable. Sometimes it put me in the anxiety zone, which I'm like, ah, I just wanted to take a nap, but I allowed myself to be able to grow, change, learn to be able to build myself, to be able to battle through all Mm -hmm. this stuff and to be able to bond with other people that went through the same stuff. And, and that's one of the reasons too, why some of that stuff I went through alone. I wish I had guys, I wish I had a brotherhood that I could have went to for help. Maybe I would never would have got to that point where I was sitting on the couch over if I had Mm -hmm. a group of men, but I also had to be willing to be a part of that. And I wasn't at that time too. So
0: no, that's, that's just incredible. I really appreciate you being open and being vulnerable yeah. like that because uh, I just do know that that is a massive struggle yeah. for for men. And, and I've, I've seen so many people and so many lives and, and for women as well, right? But, uh, you know, um, so let me ask you, because coming back to, I really love what you said, that second marriage, you said you found, uh, what was it? What was the word, you know, value or validity in yourself? You found Correct. it and they can't validate you. Correct. You have to validate yourself. Correct. And so what was that journey like? And how long did it take you to, you know, was it literally divorce? Boom. I'm about, you know, or was it like, what, what, what did that look like? If you don't uh, mind me just kind of micro analyzing the journey, the, the journey was long. It was long. It was literally,
1: yeah. and when I, because when I went through my stuff and I actually dove into the, to the dark things I didn't want to deal with, one of the things I had to own was that because all of this validation actually came back to my whole entire life. It went mm-hmm. back to birth. Um, when I look at it you know, just like, like sports, uh, I had to own the fact that I took myself out of the major leagues and, and I didn't net, I didn't want to do that. And so I was, I was clay smelter chasing the major leagues in high school. That was what I thought my purpose was. Um, uh, but it wasn't, but the problem with that is, is I broke my, my first year of college. I broke my thumb in two places. I ended up catching the whole entire season, um, with it. So 62 games with a broken, I ended up breaking it three places. Um, I took off that summer, came back and a doctor, was like, dude, you're done. Like, you can't catch any like you're done. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. So I kept going. But the problem is, is my, my vision, this is, this is where businessmen can get, especially high achievers, high entrepreneurs, six, seven figure entrepreneurs. This is where they can get. And I learned this from a guy named Matt Gagnon. I was talking with him and we were chatting. He's like, Clay, he's like, you were looking through a straw, man. I'm like, what is he talking about? He's like, you were looking through a straw and had no peripheral vision. The only thing that you saw was the major leagues and you were willing to do anything it took to get to that, which includes sacrificing yourself, which is what you did. And I'm like, son of a, I'm like, you're right, man. And I'm mm-hmm. like, because I, he goes, you could have stopped and then came back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could have, but I did not I chose to do that. So he's like, now you got to own it. Like, and that's, that's true. I had to own the fact that I was the one who took me out of that. But when I look at my sports, when I, My dad was a high school baseball and football coach. The only person I cared who gave me the head nod, you know, that dad head nod when you do something good, you're like, yeah, like that <laughs> wink or that, that little thing. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the only person I cared. And he wasn't the head coach, but that's the only person I cared if I got the head nod or like, good job. But what, I, what was I doing? I was looking for validation that my dad said I was good enough in the game and I had what it took in the game. But I didn't need his validation. I needed, I needed my validation. So it also stems all the way back to there. So this has been a long, long road. And what I found out is after that second divorce is, listen, nobody, and, and, and the work after that too, and, and the work, especially with the work, when I tapped into my shadow of all the stuff I didn't want to deal with, when I tapped into my shadow and I dealt with those feelings of all the fear, the shame, the pain, the, the all of that, all like having to own that I took myself out of my dream is having to deal with all of that. I realized that nobody can validate me, but they can confirm what I do. So just take what you do, the validation that what you do, and think of yourself as an apple tree in your orchard. The apple tree is what? It's an apple. You can't come up to the apple tree and be like, hey, apple tree, give me a banana. Like, it ain't going to work. They're like, I don't do that. Like, that's not what I do. So first, you got to own exactly, hey, what is it that you do? Who do you serve? How do you serve that? What results do you get them? I know exactly who, who I do so what I do is that when people come and then I provide value to them, it's not a validation of, of saying, hey, you're going to validate who I am. No, no, no. It's a confirmation of the validation I already know about myself. I've already validated myself. But them saying, hey, Christian, man, you, you got some good apples, man. Those are really good. Hey, I'm going to go tell other people that you got good apples. That doesn't validate who you are. You already did that. You already validated like, mm-hmm. hey, I bring value to the world. What it did is it confirmed The validation you already knew about yourself, which now Mm -hmm. gives us that boost of energy, which now gives us that thing, you know what, I can do this, I got it, which uh, uh, now then casts away those seeds of doubt that business owners and entrepreneurs have like, man, what am Mm -hmm. I really doing? Do I have this? Do I have what it takes? Am I good enough? Yeah, yes. Yes, you are. Because you've already validated inside of yourself. So going through that whole Mm -hmm. transition and really diving into my shadow and being vulnerable. And being open. That's why, like, you can ask me any question. I'll just answer it. Why? Because I, I dealt with it all. Like, yeah. and again, where you ask me the question too is, the tough guy who's like, ah, oh, that's fru-fru stuff. That wasn't a tough guy that I was being. That was a weak guy because I didn't want to deal mm, with it. Wow. That's the difference now that I know is that actually being tough is dealing with the feelings. Like, I would try to hide that I cry at movies. Like for <laughs> thirty-five years of my life. I'll be admit. Mm-hmm. Listen, I list, I'm a hopeless romantic. I watch those sappy shows and I I cry because I'm cool with that. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't own that for a lot of years. Um, yeah. It, just because well, it's not macho to cry. Like forget that stuff. It's 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 good. You gotta get yeah. it out.
0: That's awesome. I I love what you just said. And and, uh, definitely with you, you know, really just hitting hard with those people that say, oh, it's frou-frou stuff. Well, that's actually weak. That's actually showing your weakness and and really just hitting that truth uh, to our audience. Uh, And obviously it's hitting me as well, realizing, you know what, we – men – uh, in today's world it's totally defined something different right yeah. and it's okay to be that and in fact it's it's actually even it shows your strength and your ability right. and your focus and your energy to be able to do that and then as well as that uh, you just you know you're doing some incredible bombs just incredible knowledge bombs with <laughs> well, that thank you. Uh, definitely with with the uh, validity uh because you're yeah. finding that validity and obviously having that confirmation i love what you're saying yeah. there now let me ask you this because you know i've read extreme ownership and yeah. and i am in the in the mindset so you see just to share with you i actually was uh, struggled with pornography for period of time mm-hmm. and in order to do you know in order to get out of myself out of that situation i had to be what you call extreme right yeah uh and, and what i mean by that is such an extreme that hey we can't even my uh, my wife and i we can't even watch uh, any rated r movie that has any sexual anything because yeah. why well first of all it's not really good for me and secondly it's it's a trigger right and so yeah. that allows me to build that uh that boundary in my life but also that's helped me with um with, with business as well, building those disciplines and boundaries. So my point is, is Clay, when you read and, and listen, and obviously taking extreme ownership, just mm-hmm. like you said, being able to ask those tough questions of yourself, what are the things do you do to be able to really take your life to the next level and taking that total extreme ownership? Because let's be honest, it's so easy to, well, I'm not where I'm at because of my race, my religion, my yeah. life, my, <laughs> you know, my mom, my dad, my uh, Billy Bob, yeah. whoever, yeah. or, well, shoot, it's because- I just I'm not performing, and I haven't dealt with those demons, right? Yeah. So, um, what does that look like for you in your life on a consistent basis to say, "Hey, you know this every single day"? Not only do I live with with intentionality, uh, mm-hmm. but also with extreme ownership and, and taking my life to the next level. I love to yeah. hear that, and how you've been able to help other men as well.
1: Oh, absolutely! I love to tell you because because this is this is the fun part is. One, you just said it, you got to take, you, you got to take extreme ownership and you got to get rid of those excuses. It's not because of anything is. listen, you can achieve the things, but you got to get out of your own way. You know, one of those things is being able to own yourself again, own yourself, love your story, live with purpose. But what I do, I call, I call this the Phoenix cycle. Um, and our, our logo is the Phoenix. And I love the Phoenix. I always have, because what the Phoenix will do it is it'll burn itself down. And from the ashes of its old self, it'll give birth to a new, better self. And that's what I do. That's what I teach. So I get to a point and every man has, oh, you've, you've done Phoenix Cycles throughout your whole life. You're going to continue to do. Them. Every listener on here has done Phoenix Cycles. You've burnt yourself down. You've built a new person. You've burnt yourself down. You've built a new person. We have to become aware first of what are those limiting beliefs that I have? What are those limiting things that are in my mind, my subconscious or conscious that are holding me back from getting to where I want to go. So I want to be here. What's holding me back? But we got to be real with it. We can't just like willy-nilly we're like, well, this or that. That's where you got to be extreme. You got to take extreme ownership to say, listen, I am procrastinating. I'm not doing this. This is what's going on. Then what I do is I have an act actually an eight-step strat eight-step process that we go through that it's a three-phase cycle. And the first two phases are burning down the old self. So the first two phases are really looking at what is it that I don't like about myself that's going on. What are those limiting beliefs? What are those things that I would do it? And we're going to actually literally burn it. So there's there's <laughs> tactics in there and tools that we do that we literally burn away all of this stuff. It's like a super like again. Here's the frou frou stuff. I've done is I've burnt the things I don't like about myself, and it literally is like wow. Like it's like a, a cloud that lifts over off of you, and you're like, I never thought the first time I did, I was like, okay. I'm saying to do this, but I think it's kind of weird. And then I did. I'm like, wow, this is like so cool. Like it's cool to burn some stuff. Um, just like it's cool to smash some stuff every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. But so that that phase is really to break that down. The second phase is a is a step three to six. Step three to six. No, not three to six. Yeah, three to six. So step three to six is really looking at how who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What's my intention? What's my vision? And it's really about setting that vision of the man that you want to be in the areas of your life that you want to be in. I deal with you know, body, mind, bonds, bills, and, and spirit. Like, Who do you want to be in that? How do you want to show up? And, and where does that want to go? So you're setting that vision. You're setting that. You're writing it down. You're making sure all of those things are in place. And then step six and, or, or seven and eight, those steps are really to solidify. Here's how I'm showing up in the world. Here's the routines. Here's the strategies. Here's the things I'm utilizing on a daily basis to be able to be that man that I want to. And then again, every single day, we're looking at ourselves, assess, reflect, and adjust. At the end of the day, are you doing what you said you were going to do? Take extreme ownership of it. If you're not, then say you aren't and adjust and make those adjustments, you know? And that's where part of this too is with extreme ownership is Men have this expectation level that is way up here, but our reality is actually down here. And we have to actually live in our reality, especially high achievers are like, you know what? I'm going into business. I'm making $8 million this year. Well, you just started at zero, like mm-hmm. you can do it, but the expectation versus the reality of how much you're going to do, when it's going to be accomplished, how it's going to be accomplished in all those time frames. If we don't hit those things, and we're not realistic with the expectation versus reality, uh, I call it the crystal ball syndrome—the expectation versus really reality. Then what we do is we start running shame cycles, we start thinking negative about ourselves, and we get into these other things mm-hmm. that are just a bunch of stuff that gets us detracted or distracted away from where we actually really want to go. So for me, it's that eight week—that—that that, it's an eight week process I utilize. Uh, and that's, that's part of our initiation program into the brotherhood is going through that, but it's an actual eight step process that, uh, once you go through it the first time, we take a little bit of time with the eight weeks. Um, but once you go through it, it's a process you can use in eight strategies. You can use over and over and over again to burn that old self down, formulate, Hey, who do you want to be with that new self? And then implement those different things in your daily life to, to be able to do that.
0: That is awesome. That is awesome. I mean, just so strategic uh, and just step by step, you know, going across, you know, the whole process. Now, let me ask you this because see, you know, obviously some individuals, I know my audience pretty well. uh, Some of these people are like, well, I can, I can do this by myself. You know, (laughs) I don't need clay. What would you say to those people that say, Hey, yeah, um, I'm, I'm out here, you know, gung ho life hits you hard. You need that support. You know, and, and you know that, and I know the oh, answer yeah. to it. But like, I'm just curious. What what do you say to those individuals? Like, I can do this by myself. I, I got it. You know, ask myself, you know, yeah. self analyze and all that stuff. Like, yeah. what, what, what do you say to those? those? I'd
1: say that that's that's a uh, one of our myths. You know, myth number. Let me let me make sure I got it right here. Myth number I think seven is <laughs> you can do it all by yourself. Here's the truth. You can't. You can't do it. Yes. Listen, I tried yeah. for 35 years of my life to do it by myself. You know, and, and guys, it just you need other people. Not that they need – because here, here's the problem is we want to do it all by ourselves. But the problem with that is, is we're thinking like we have to take on everything. You don't. You don't have to take on everything. You have to go through it yourself. Mm-hmm. I can't come in and help any brother, whatever issues they got going on, anything, whether it's marriage, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's you know, stress, whatever it is. I can't solve it for you. But what we can do is I can give you my perspective. I can give you a whole bunch of other guys' perspectives, what they did. And maybe that works for you. For me, it's something different. Like, and that's where having other men around, having other people around getting around that brotherhood of people. That's why build battle bond is so important because we're building ourselves. I'm not telling you who you are, but you're going to get a whole bunch of other different ways that other, another guy went through it. And that's the thing too, is like, do it all by yourself. Like, I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm going to hold you also in the brotherhood. I'm going to hold you accountable to doing what you said you were going to do. So if you show up, so we, we meet every week for about an hour and 15 minutes on, on Zoom. And uh, so if you said last week, this is what you're going to do. And then this week you didn't do it. I'd be like, dude, why didn't you do it? I don't. Care. Honestly, in the end, it doesn't really matter if you did it or not. It's not my life. But yeah. did you do it for you? And can you go look in the mirror and be like, okay, I stayed accountable to myself. I took ownership of myself. No, that's on you. That's not on me. But I'm going to ask you those questions for sure. And they're going to ask me. It's already happened to me. Like, I lead the brotherhood, but it's already happened to me. You know, guys are like, hey, I'm like, "Ah, okay, you got me. All right, let's get on it. Assess, reflect, and adjust, and then go get it, you know. Yeah.
0: That's incredible, man. And, and I really appreciate you sharing that because again, you know, you and I know that, you know, you need that, you need that, uh, you know, circle of influence. Right. Yep. Uh, and it's so, so powerful uh, because also what what happens is it it builds down all the thought process of, oh, I'm the only one that's facing this problem. Correct. Right. Yes. And you start realizing that other people are facing this same problem. And he's like, hey, yeah. you know what? what did Clay do? Hey, what <laughs> yeah. did Billy Bob do? Hey, what did yeah. Jeffrey? And, and then you're able to get these perspectives because they've already been there, done that. Yeah. And it's like, Hey man, it sucks, but we can help you through that walk yeah. you through that. You still got to walk through the crowd, but Hey man, uh, maybe, maybe you could you yeah. know avoid some, some grenades, right. You yeah. know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so let me ask you this, Clay, uh, how can my audience, okay. You, you've been, you've been just giving us so much value, which I really, really appreciate you just joining us and, and being able to just give so much value and, and your time. Uh, where, where can they find you? Clay? Uh, they,
1: they can find me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn uh, and uh, Facebook and Instagram at Purpose Infused Brotherhood. You can just look that up also. Uh, I also have the top uh, seven ways to get out of the work-life balance rut at buildbattlebond.com. Um, so again, that's buildbattlebond.com. And then you can also check me out on uh, com. That's also there. We also have the Purpose Infused Brotherhood podcast where we go through our weekly things. Uh, we kind of talk about that uh, in our Facebook group, also on the podcast, and then in the Brotherhood as well. So we kind of have that all tied together for everybody there. So just look up Purpose Infused Brotherhood, you'll find me. But again, if you want that that work life balance, this is which is something for men and women uh, to also go through there too, is at that top seven ways to get out at BuildBattleBond.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And you know, guys, uh, you know, my audience, those, uh, those links will actually be in the description below as well. So you can obviously get a, uh, get access to that and really reach out to Clay. And I would highly recommend it for those men and even women as well, but for specifically men that are struggling with that situation, wherever it is, you realize, Hey, you cannot do this alone. And you realize also you're a high achiever, but there's something missing. Reach out to Clay. He knows what he's talking about. He's been there, done that. He can help you have a different perspective and walk you through and, and live a free life, right? Being able to live that life. Uh, Clay, uh, again, I really appreciate you, you know, your time and energy. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave uh, be, before we, we let you go, bud?
1: Well, first, I, I want to thank you and, and all that you've done so far. I was listening to the the money, the finance ones. That, that definitely helped me out on the one that was just out. I forget what the name, Adam, I think something. But uh, I want to appreciate you and, and just keep shining your light and doing that. And here's what I tell everybody else too, is, is just make sure that when you step foot on the ground every single day, you just leave it all in the field know who you are, own yourself, love your story, live with purpose every single day, and go out and be the best version of yourself every day. That's what I say.
0: That's awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, that's Clay Smeltzer. And again, reach out to him with the links below. And uh, guys, that is Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. Thanks so much.